Yo, what is up, guys? Welcome to the Tony and Dakota podcast. Today, we got a real special guest. This is Alex West. Uh, we just met Alex not too long ago at VCon when we went to Minneapolis. Uh, he does a lot. He has a lot of different jobs, actually. Well, jobs, side hustles, interests. He's doing a lot of cool stuff with uh, between buying NFTs, skydiving. He's training to become a skydiving instructor, right? We'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, also full-time job at still at Renewables. Yep. Okay. He's got a full-time job. Uh, he's got a kid or one kid, two, two kids. kids, two kiddos. And uh, we're going to be asking him a lot of questions about a lot of his different interests. This is Alex West. Thanks for coming on, bro. Appreciate you having me. First yeah. of all, this place is legit. This <laughs> ain't your man. mama's basement out here. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, you know what's crazy? That's actually how uh, the whole idea started. We were, I don't know if you know Alex Clark, but we started in his basement, and then his brothers like got a bunch of like weird stuff. We're like, dude, we got to create a studio like this. Yeah, so. it looks real cool. Thanks, bro. Real cool. I think his ceiling was a little lower. That was the only thing with his. It was, <laughs> yeah. like, it was actually in the basement. Yeah, it was in was the basement. It? Yeah, yeah. in his parents' basement. Started from the bottom down here, baby. Yep. <laughs> So, uh, did you go? Uh, you had Excelsior College on your your Facebook bio. Did you go to college, or what did that look like? Yeah, went to college for electrical engineering. I was about a year away, and then did the old Big D, got the divorce, um, and pretty much changed my plans to where um, now I'm just investing. Mm. So, didn't finish college, but that's okay because investing. And skydiving is way more interesting than <laughs> looking at electrical circuits. Yeah, they do. That's something that we always uh, we always like to talk about because obviously there's a lot of people that have pushed college. I think right now, I actually just saw Gary V talking about it. How like uh, it's almost become like very cool and like more socially acceptable to be like an investor now. So it's right. almost like it is turning entrepreneur. Yeah, like it's like all right, here it is. Like this is the new way. And so like now it's cool to do it. But uh, like, what do you think about like going to college? Do you, do you wish you would have finished? Do you regret it? Do you think everybody should go to college? What are your thoughts on it? Well, I mean, it's all dependent on the person. Mm -hmm. So for me, that's one of my biggest parenting tips right now um, that I'm really trying to develop and like think about uh, is my son, he's not into school. That's not somebody that wants to go to college. So I want to show him different opportunities real estate investing, starting a business, doing what he likes, because that's not talked about enough right now. Mm -hmm. um, if you're into college, if you're if you do good in school, if you want to be a doctor, then college is necessary. But right. it's it, it's all about the person. Yep. What do you want? Yep. What do you uh, What do you feel? Do you feel like you're like, man, I wish I would just finish it out? Or you're like, dude, this is the best. Why did I even go? Or like, why did you go to college? I guess is a better question. Honestly, uh, that's end game. That's end game right now. But uh, I actually went to college to uh, get in the space industry. Mm. So absolute dream would be to get into space. And we're working on that. That's awesome. Ten year plan. <laughs> that's awesome. So you're gonna go back and. Get a degree so that you can get in a Yeah, that's Elon spaceship. Musk's requirement. <laughs> yeah. Is to go to space, you have to have a degree. And that's the thing. You, Elon Musk's requirement is not to have a degree. Yeah. I'm looking at you, Elon. <laughs> if you're listening to this. Yeah. 
<laughs> he has artificial intelligence listening to this, yeah, and he's exactly. just like, ah, exactly. so many people mentioned just my cherry name. Picking. Just, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's well, I did see, did you see that? Well, I'm sure you've seen it, but uh, the Red Bull uh, jumper, it was like the, the fastest uh, humans ever been traveled because mm. usually there's fluid friction. So when you jump out of a plane, you reach terminal velocity at like four seconds you accelerate you accelerate and then the air pushing up on you is equivalent to your surface area going down so you can get a little bit faster by tucking your arms in and doing like cutting through the air at an angle but like besides that you're not going to get any faster so what you have to do is go up much 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 higher in space and uh that was really cool seeing that that dude started like flipping out of control and stuff i was like i was a little nervous he said he passed out or something like that which is I mean, makes sense. You got me excited with that angle diving, though. Nah. <laughs> and we're talking skydiving fundamentals. Are you going to put a space helmet on and do a, a base jump and try and beat the Red Bull record? It's in the works. It's in the works, baby. <laughs> That's awesome. So you uh, quit college early. Did you get into, it looked like you're a site lead tech. So did you work your way up in a factory? Is that what the renewables place is? No. So we can start a little bit early, um, early on, right out of college, or well, I would say high school, I guess at this point, right out of high school, didn't know what I was going to do. Um, and basically went to my local college, local community college, looking for a journeyman lineman position. Mm. And they said, Hey, we don't offer this anymore, but we do have this other thing. It's called wind turbine technology. Mm. And I said, well, that sounds awesome. Uh, I like heights. I like technology so let's let's go for it finish my degree there um and again i'm from i'm from cleveland so cleveland area i should say lorraine ish um but during 08 09 they were what number three hit Mm -hmm. um it was real bad there's no jobs there's no nothing so we had lebron help him yeah i know i know he did though he brought that ship good he brought that shit. Um, but uh, so we had to move. So immediately after finishing up my college, uh, went down to Texas, like super deep Texas. Like you're talking down here, 15 minutes from Mexico. You speak Espanol? Si, poquito. <laughs> poquito. poquito. Uh, it's been a while. <laughs> it's been a while. But uh, so, yeah, started my career down there uh, and then Moved around, um, s- came into Indiana and Monticello first, like Lafayette area, Purdue, and then made our way back up here. So this is about as close as we're going to get to so Cleveland. That, that's where the renewables comes in with the job. So I remember now, we were talking yep. before when we were uh, in Minneapolis, you guys bought us some drinks, yeah. and that's why my memory is a little foggy on it, but you were <laughs> you were climbing wind turbines. Yeah. So Still people, do. people from the Cleveland area are not afraid of heights. Then no, is what <laughs> ain't afraid of nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so that's pretty cool. Uh, what do you still experience the same fear? Like, do you still get like butterflies and stuff like that when you're up that high? Or no. do you just feel like super safe now? You're just like, dude, podcasts are scary, but like climbing wind turbines, like, give me. No, it's the exact the opposite, man. This is out of my comfort zone. <laughs> <laughs> I'll work 300 feet, I'll work 14,000 feet. 
but this is uh this is a little bit different yeah for sure yep but um no i mean obviously like skydiving is my absolute love right now so um heights don't scare me at all i actually feel like the traditional fear that people experience like that's where i thrive mm. so trying to push my way more into something like that so you've been doing some skydiving regularly and are you thinking about because uh, you you've gotten to the point now where you can jump by yourself oh yeah. jump solo yep and you want to get in enough jumps to the point where you can be a skydiving instructor as like a side hustle or like as your primary income or what are you thinking yeah so because of my shoulder injury i had a shoulder injury um many times actually it's been like a 10-year issue um so the the instructor aspect of it i'm not really into because i don't want to hurt it again um but uh really what i'm looking into is camera flying and then doing like promotional stuff i i want to jump off of stuff and get paid for it that's what i'm looking for <laughs> have you have you done the wingsuit at all not yet no nope. no nope. but i actually do have a um i do have a camp coming up with red bull um so one of their athletes miles dasher he 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 holds a camp regularly in uh idaho so i'll be doing that as a base camp so it'll be the first time i'm base jumping that's where it gets a little yeah, a little awesome. sketchy yeah that's scary dude that's that's a whole nother level yeah. have you have you had any close calls so far skydiving oh yeah yeah uh, one of the worst times of my life was actually dislocating my shoulder skydiving. That was well, absolutely tell us a, terrible. Tell us a story on that <laughs> one. <laughs> All right. So little uh, backstory to that is, uh, so I originally start, I originally dislocated my shoulder in a wrestling match mm -hmm. my junior year. Have you been thinking about investing in real estate? It's not like what you see on HGTV. We created a course to show you how to really invest and create a profitable flipping and wholesaling business. We give you marketing strategies like how to pull lists, who we target, and where we find the money. We go over sales, which includes live calls and negotiations, scripts, role-playing, and so much more. Everything that you need to know to flip houses is in this course. And if there's anything that we missed, we will create a video to answer your specific question. This knowledge has made us over a million dollars and we're selling it today for just $997. Click the link below. Um, wrestling was my life. I was wrestling like the easiest kid I've ever wrestled. Um, took him down like 10 seconds into the match. We go out of bounds, ref calls the whistle, and he turns the other way, dislocates my shoulder. So um, at that point, had to get surgery. I beat him, beat the next kid, then had to get shoulder surgery after that. Um, it was a labrum surgery, but didn't really do much. So after the surgery, I probably dislocated my shoulder 20 times oh my gosh whether it be skydiving whether it be boxing any of that so back to the skydiving incident uh we were i was jumping with a couple of my friends um doing something pretty routine they're called accordion fly rounds where basically you fly around the group and grab each other's um forearm and then the other guy does it um so i was the first one and i wanted to get some I wanted to get some rotations going. I want to get some turns. They call them turns in skydiving. Um, so I was coming in a little bit hot. No, nothing crazy, though. Reached out. 
grabbed his forearm. Boom. Dislocation. Dislocation. So now I'm sitting there. Now I'm sitting there looking at the ground. It's getting closer. I'm like, man, because usually, so every time before that, it's always just pop back in. This one did not pop in. So I'm sitting there like, okay, what are you going to do? You've got to pull. Like, mm-hmm. you obviously have to pull. So I pulled, hoping hoping that the uh, the impact would jar back into place. So I pull, boom, still dislocated. I'm like, okay, now how am I gonna now how am I gonna land? Yeah, because you got usually your you got your, toggles. It deploys right, and so that you're hoping that when it deploys and the, all the wind mm-hmm. ends up in the parachute, that it it gives you a bump. Right. So you're hoping that your shoulder went back in and it didn't. Did not. But then you've got these two little, uh, for people who haven't skydived before, you get these two little handles that come down and then you can control your, uh, your parachute above you, but you only got one arm. So what are you going to do? This is perfect. You preface this so well. So basically I can't move my shoulder. So I got this one. I grab my, I grab my hand, put it up there. But it's not doing anything. It's dislocated. So I'm like, okay, how am I gonna how am I gonna land? We call it flaring, and that's how you drop the forward and downward momentum so you can land nicely. Um, but I only have one hand. So, anyways, my whole thought on it was I was gonna take both of the toggles with one hand mm-hmm. and pull down and try to flare as effectively as possible. Well, we got to the point where the ground was 15 feet away from me. I try to pull. But obviously, I pulled this way, mm-hmm. and my wing over here oh. drops down there. Boom! Smack the ground. Still not. Still didn't relocate. And then uh, eventually went to the emergency room and got it popped back in. So, so luckily you still still had a helmet on, right? Still had a helmet. Yeah. So when you hit, you probably hit like your shoulder slash the side of your head. Mm-hmm. And uh, you were kind of spiraling as you were coming down. Then, right? Did you have like a corner, like some sideways momentum? Um, really, <laughs> when I, I, I was actually landing pretty good. The only thing was when I pulled this way, I had downward momentum on the left side. So, so. your feet went out from under you? Yeah. Yeah. I tried to PLF, but with, a with a arm that's not working, it's. Yeah. So what was your, uh, like, what was the injuries like then? Like, how bad were you after that? Like, were you unconscious or were you conscious the whole time? Just freaking messed up from your shoulder? Or was there more damage after that? No, no, it was all shoulder. But again, I dislocated it so many times before then. I knew what the deal was. Luckily, I only walked away with that with the continued dislocation. Wow. Um, and yeah, so I would say above all, it went pretty well. Yeah. So. Yeah. And you've seen, have you seen anybody like, like get hurt or fall or anything like that? Mm. Yeah, I have. I have. I don't like to paint skydiving in a bad light, but yeah. Um, Overall, one thing I will say is when people are getting hurt in skydiving, if you want to do skydiving, you should definitely try it. It's definitely a bucket list item. Um, The people that get hurt are the people that are very experienced people with thousands of skydives pushing the limit. Um, so I will say that. Yeah. That's that's who the people you see get hurt. Gotcha. Yeah, I've heard of a lot of people getting hurt too when they try to make the transition into squirrel suit too fast. Mm-hmm. You know, they're trying to just go from being a skydiver to like being uh, a stuntman. Right. And uh, so you're talking about doing some camera 
stuff Mm -hmm. like you got to make sure that you get in enough because you say you haven't done it yet but like obviously there's a lot of training and preparation and like making sure that you're prepared for absolutely everything in the air that can happen in the air Mm -hmm. as well as like landing correctly and that sort of thing i've seen these people doing the like you know threading the needle kind of things where there's like an Mm -hmm. obstacle and they're trying to end up right between two big rocks or Mm -hmm. something like that and it's like that's the kind of stuff where you start risking your life for just the glory of being able to do these stunts. Which is I, fine, too, but yeah. you have to be experienced for that. Don't have 300 skydives trying to thread the needle going 300 miles an hour. Yeah. <laughs> um, keep, leave that to Red Bull. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I was saying, I don't think it's always just about, like, uh, notoriety or glory. Like, sometimes, like, dude, like, you just want to see what Full you're send, capable baby. of. Yeah, it's just fun. It's like, uh, dude, let's freaking go. Like, I've I've been there because I've been, like, I've done, like, you know, skateboarding and, like, done mm-hmm. certain things where it's like, dude, it's not – there could be nobody around, and I'm still going to try to freaking hit this trick right. or whatever, and I'm going to try to jump this thing. Not for anybody else. It's just like, can I do it? Like, right. it's just a weird exactly. thing that we do as humans. Yeah. But And, that again, that's where I thrive, but that's where you need to – you need to check yourself and you need to make sure that you're prepared before yeah, that. No question. Yeah. I'm yeah. not going to hit a mega ramp on a skateboard. Right. If I never dropped in. Yep. I was so. say it's a big, it's a big difference to, uh, I can't even imagine the adrenaline. Cause like, dude, there's a stupid amount of adrenaline going through you whenever you're skateboarding and you're going down. Like, let's just say even from like, I don't know, half the ceiling down, the adrenaline is ridiculous oh, yeah. and you're not going to die more than likely if you fall. So, like, I can't even imagine what you're going through when you're going that fast and, like, just And, again, that's where, my, that's where my focus starts. Yeah. Like, you'll never be more focused than trying to um, get to a round mm-hmm. in skydiving. You, you understand the risks. You understand everything that's involved, and you understand that there's other people involved, your friends. Um, and that's where I dial in. Yep. I'll say, so that actually brings us uh, to another thing that I wanted to ask you about. I've noticed that usually when like you have adrenaline junkies, you have like people who are in fighting or in sports or something, that's the time that they're the most present. So it's almost difficult for them to be present in like relationships or other things because like you have to be very excited to actually like, get that presence. So like, have you noticed yourself have that at all? Or like, what is your kind of relationships like, like with friends or your significant other, or your kids? Yeah, for sure. I've I've noticed that a lot. Like the the best way I can describe it is um and we're kind of stealing from Gary Vee here, but uh the person who is 100% happy going to work for 8 hours a day, coming home and coaching his son's soccer team, whatever. And he's fully happy with that. I envy that. Mm-hmm. I envy that. Um I would love to be fully happy with that. Unfortunately, life is on a spectrum, and I like to call it like one being your absolute worst day possible, ten being the absolute most exciting possible or day possible. Mm-hmm. A lot of people like living in that five to four to six range. They don't want to. They don't want to risk it, and they don't want to risk the ones to feel the tens. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, that's not how I operate. Uh, I like living. I like living in the seven and tens with the risk of dealing with the ones to threes. Yeah, if that makes sense. Yep. Do you ever like feel like the the tens keep getting more intense? Because that's what kind of what we're talking about here is like you're doing some high level stuff that's like risking your life, and then whenever you get to that capacity, you're like, 
well, what else can I do? And it almost like you can't, you have to keep exceeding that. Do you see yourself doing that more? Fortunately, I'm pretty satisfied with the process. Um, I like building to be a better skydiver. Um, yeah. I logged over 220 skydives. That's nothing in Jeez. the industry. There's people with 20,000 skydives, 15,000 skydives. Um, but I like the process of um, getting better. Okay, now you're good at belly flying. Now you're going to start angle flying. Now you're going to start free flying. Oh, now we're going to do a base jump camp. Now we're going to start wingsuiting. Um, yep. So that's what I'm most interested in is just watching the progression that I yep. do. Dude, that's what that's what I always uh, uh, talk to people about is like that is literally what success is. Right. Is like the progression of things is like you found something that you want to pursue and you see yourself growing in it. And I feel like that's what makes you happy is whenever you're growing in something. I've noticed that usually when you like obviously went to PSI, which is the seminar thing, they always say you're either growing or dying, but also like your happiness is kind of dependent on if you're growing or not. It right. seems like in every area, if it's growing, dude, everything's great. You feel like it's successful. You feel like you're on the right path. Even if it's so slow, it could be the slowest mm -hmm. thing ever. And you're like, I'm, I'm getting there. Mm -hmm. And uh, like, yeah, that's what I think the definition of success is no matter what it is, for sure, whatever you're growing in and you success have to have and happiness. I yeah. mean, that's, that's what the most confusing thing ab about growing up was for me. Um, because I didn't, I didn't have a lot of role models. Um, so I kind of did this on the fly. So first thing I thought of, I had, I was one of those guys. I, I had a 16 and pregnant type thing. So my son was at, uh, was at my graduation. <laughs> um, so first thing it was, was, all right, now, now I need to set up a life for this guy who, um, who has no say in the game. Um, so for me, that was all financial. It was all financial. I got to make him financially secure. Um, so for the first 10 years of my adult life, that's all I focused on. Um, and then once you start noticing, then you start noticing the, I mean, the big thing was divorce. Um, noticing that like money is, is not what I'm focused on. I'm focused on happiness. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's what I'm super excited about and super like trying to develop is how to be financially free while I'm doing what I love, which yep. is skydiving and investing. Yep. That's awesome that you're, you're doing that too. Cause it's like, it'd be good to be an example of like, you're still chasing right. your dreams and doing that for your, your son. Cause that's going to be very important for him to see that in his life. They're like, yeah, Hey, I'm going to take care of you, but also I'm going to go live my dreams too. So that's awesome, man. Right. And that's where, that's all I want him to do is you want, you got to live your life the way that you want to live it. Yep. If you're not if you're not cut out for college like we were saying before, then don't go to college. Right. You can figure something else out. Yep. Something that's tough for uh extreme athletes though. I see you know UFC fighters who like should have cut it off a little earlier right. than they did. So you can still continue to like be around the things that you love and like coach and that sort of thing. But there's like sort of a shelf life to something like skydiving. Like I've seen guys who are 50 doing it. I don't see a lot of 60 year olds skydiving anymore. I just jumped with somebody that was 70 years oh, old. Really? You got a 70 year old card. <laughs> will there be a time you think when you cut it off or will there be a time where you decide that it's like you're done with it or maybe like your interests change and then you're just like, I think that I'm done skydiving now. Do you think there'll ever come a point where you're like, uh, you 
allow that identity to change or do you think that you're a skydiver for life um i'm really good with with fluctuating and like seeing how i feel being in the present um with that being said i feel like it's gonna be skydiving for life if that mm -hmm. changes then it changes but that's that's what i love to do Nice. So. so I've noticed that like for me personally, I always like hit something. I'm like, okay, I'm going to get golden gloves or I'm going to win this competition and then I'm done basically. So that's pretty cool. They're like, all right, I want to do this forever. Cause like mm -hmm. even now, like with the business, I'm like, all right, like we're probably going to do real estate forever. But at the same time, like I want to get out of it more to where it's more passive than what it is now. So I'm, right. all, I'm still always looking towards the end in mind. So that's pretty cool. You're like, no, dude, this is, this is life. It's a process, man. And it's, it's exciting. But with that being said, I'm super excited for you guys. You guys have really built something crazy here. Yeah, thanks, um, man. Yeah, I was looking at your, uh, I was looking at your notes. I was like, dude, is he about to interview us? <laughs> <laughs> we can, we yeah, can. I was like, he's like, he wrote some stuff down. Like, I've never seen anybody, any of our guests, bring you uh, bring paper. <laughs> uh, well, we were talking about real estate. You got into real estate a little bit. Mm -hmm. You uh, had a few duplexes that I know of. I don't know how many deals you've done or how many total or if it's kind of like a side thing or if it's your your you want to make it into more of your main thing so where are you at in your real estate journey tell us about some of the deals that you've done and then uh how do you find your deals how do you know it's a good one what even got you interested in it in the first place yeah so uh first off um going back to 2018 um when i started realizing um that true happiness comes from from financial freedom that's when I started trying to think of ideas, how to, how to get financially free, how to not have a nine to five. Um, and that first started with crypto. Um, crypto started around 2017. Um, I was still married at the time and doing really little, de really little trades and whatnot. Um, but really got excited about it. Um, after that, when I started getting, real deep into it. So I sold, I sold my house, um, basically put all that money into crypto. Dang. How much was it? How much did you like put in? About 30 grand wow. in 2017. Wow. And uh, what specifically? A lot of Ethereum. Ethereum. Holy yeah. crap. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, um, people talking about this bear market. Um, I'm talking to everybody right now. That's, uh, this is the time, time to, to build. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Don't get panicked. I keep buying more every time it goes down. I like, oh, it went down again. All right, I'm buying more. Yeah. Oh, it went down again. All right, I'm going to buy some Couple more. more. Oh, Voyager's going under. All right, I'm going to buy some more. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> that's the thing is like, um, so, okay, you can say from my all time highs, we're down 50, 60%. Yep. But look, look back from when I started. Yeah. You're from still when up. I started, I'm still, yeah, however, yeah. 5X, yeah. 10X. Yep. So that's what you need to focus on. Um, but yeah, uh, when I started seeing the crypto gains is when I started thinking, okay, so how do I make this money cash flow? Mm -hmm. Um, and that was easy enough as a Google YouTube, YouTube search, <laughs> real estate is the, is the king of cash flow. Um, so bought my first duplex in, uh, 2020. Um, and that one's doing really well. Um, uh, bought did, an, did you get a good deal on that one since like COVID happened? Real good deal. Dang. Real good deal. I think, <laughs> I think, I think if I ever were wanting to sell it, then I would do pretty good. But, yeah. um, 
I don't see that in the near right. future. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, after that, um, basically, basically, I wanted to um, have a good exit strategy for crypto, which to me was real estate. Um, so I started buying houses off of my real estate gains or buying houses off of my crypto gains. Um, wish I could have done more, wish I could have done more. We tried, we tried, but, uh, I mean, you, you guys obviously know better than me, 2020, 2021, 2022 was a dog eat dog world in the real estate market. Oh yeah. Um, I was hoping to have five duplexes ended up with two. Um, but that's still good. That's yeah. still good. And then we're going to continue to build now. So, and you didn't, you flip one too? Did flip one. Yep. Um, so that one we got for, first of all, shout out to, uh, Tammy Fent. She's my realtor. She's nice. amazing. She's a wizard. Yeah. Yeah. We know Tammy. Yeah. Yeah. We awesome. worked over at uh, Keller Williams with her. She actually, oh, brought, did you? yeah, she brought us a deal. There was a deal. And then like, we we're like, it was, we had so many projects going on and we weren't taking as big of risk back then. So it was a tight one too. And I know the person who ended up buying that duplex or uh, that single family home from her ended up going through some stuff with the foundation yeah. and the banks and the, you know, flipping sometimes is like so clean, so easy, so nice. Like 75% of the time something comes up and it gets stupid and you have to make repairs or the financing falls through. And, uh, after hearing the story of that house selling, I think we're glad we didn't buy it. However, would have loved to have started that relationship with yeah. Tammy by showing her that we were serious buyers. So you never know. Sometimes just by buying stuff, you become good friends with people, and right. then it leads to better fortune in the future. So right. it can but be worth it just to take the chance. Yeah, mm -hmm. she, she definitely knows how to get a good deal. For sure. Or like for show sure. you one. Hey, exactly. She's like, hey, this person is like wanting to get out. They want cash. They want as is. Can you do it? Bam, it's usually mm -hmm. a good deal, and she knows what she's doing. And so that's yeah. what it is. Yeah, um, basically, uh, to put some numbers on the table, the <clears> one <throat> you're talking about was uh, 170. I got it for 170. Um, had it under contract for 280, but the appraisal came out bad. Mm -hmm. So got ended up selling it for 260. Wow. How much did you put into it? I would say, I'd have to look at the numbers, but I would say 20, 30 grand. Nice. So you made like uh, after everything's all said and done, probably what sixty-five to seventy, something like that. Yeah. Wow, that's yeah. awesome. Good stuff. Yeah, that's a good flip. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good flip. Didn't do too bad with it. Yep. So you took some of your uh, crypto, and then you're able to buy an NFT with it. A lot of people don't know anything about NFT. NFT stands for non fungible token, and it's a digital representation of ownership it's artistic in nature a lot of times there's like a, an image so people make fun of them just being you know pngs or jpegs but really it's something that is put on a blockchain so it could be the ethereum blockchain it could be uh, a handful of other ones bitcoin's not very good for uh logging ownership of non-fungible tokens but uh, for folks who are getting into this technology, it's only like 3% of the population owns one of these things or something. I can't remember right. how many million people versus how many billion people are in the world actually own NFTs. And then only one out of 100 NFTs is actually successful. So uh, Alex has quite a few NFTs. How many NFTs do you have? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. A lot. A crypto excites me more than NFTs, but... Um yeah, there. Th with the NFTs, I always say you gotta buy the, 
by the person building the NFT. Mm-hmm. Um, there's obviously, like you were saying, there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of bull crap out there that you can waste your money on. Um, so something that we relate to was VCon. Um, did you, I'm did buying you buy one? Oh, yeah. You did? You got a, a I think he has a couple. I only have I only have one. I got some V Friends twos though. Two. Nice. Yeah. I didn't yeah, know yeah, that. Yeah. Oh, you didn't? No. Which ones you got? Uh, I got the Daring Dragonfly. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very rare. Yeah. So, um, but that's what I'm saying is like I'm buying into Gary V. I'm not yeah. I'm not buying into right. Joe Schmo off the street yep. because he's got cool art or um, promises an event with. Walk a flock of flame or something. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Did you uh, did you buy any of Ryan Pineda's at all, or did you see him? Um, actually, a uh, mutual friend, uh, Dave Rosenbeck, told me about Ryan Pineda's, and yep. I have to uh, I have to check more into that. Nice. But um, yeah, I, I I would definitely be more interested in looking at it. Um, I I as I've only went as far as watching a YouTube video. Yep. Um. But again, I mean, it's Ryan Pineda, so yeah, something worth worthwhile to look at, especially yeah. for all the real estate investors. Yeah, that's basically what he's trying to do is do something like we don't even know what it is. Just like you said, we're buying into the person more than we are, right? You know, the thing. Just like Gary, like Tony bought his for three grand. Yeah, it ended up being like two grand, really. Oh wow, two grand. He sold it for like thirteen thousand or something like that, and that was just because Gary like built it up that much. And so I kind of think Ryan's gonna do the same thing. Like, dude, he takes everything, goes goes hard with it. So, uh, yeah, David was talking about buying one. I'm like, bro, you talk about buying one? Buy ten. Yeah, I was like, uh, I would buy a minimum of five because he said he gets something special at five. So like twenty five hundred bucks. That's usually the cost of one NFT for most anybody. So. Just buy five. Now you guys are getting me hyped up. I'm <laughs> looking at Ryan Pineda for the next all weekend. Yeah, just well, ruined my weekend. Something that's really cool about NFTs too is the ability to write smart contracts. So, uh, for Gary V, uh, the V friends, anyone who buys one of his NFTs uh, receives a ticket to VCon, a conference. It's like it was a three-day conference this year. Might be more days in the future. Um, I think there was a fourth day too, like a celebration type thing the day before, like mm-hmm. the actual event started. And basically you get a free ticket to that conference for the next two years now, it would be. Um, but also anytime one of those is sold on the Ethereum blockchain through OpenSea, Gary gets a 10% royalty paid to him. And so... There are so many different things that you can do with those smart contracts that uh, NFTs basically become like this legal structure. Like Ryan Pineda was talking about how they could possibly replace title companies in the future mm-hmm. because it shows, yeah, it shows ownership. The only issue with crypto and NFTs is there's not a whole lot of regulation around them which makes it good for an unstable and unpredictable government situation. Like if you're more libertarian and you're worried about inflation and you're worried about the government and government control. However, if somebody finds out the password to your wallet, there's no one there to save you when they go to steal everything from you. So the security and the responsibility and everything is completely on you. 
that's the scary thing about crypto and NFT and the liberating thing at the same time. Yeah, let's put that into perspective for people, though, because this is something that I saw Steve Train talk about is let's say that they do replace a title company right. and then now you buy a property and then somebody gets your password. You now could have your house stolen from somebody who got your crypto wallet or whatever and did it online and now your house is gone. They tell you to get out. Now they're the new owner. So there's still some uh, stuff that they got to work through. But yeah, and it's still early. It's still early. But oh, that, way early, that is super. That's what's super exciting about it is um, just get your hands in it. Yeah. Um, because that is you. You guys brought up an awesome point is um, there are so many scams, especially in the NFT industry. So many scams. And they're convincing. They're convincing. Um, and that's the thing is you got to walk through those, um, to get to experience, like to an experienced investor, um, where you understand what's a scam, you understand what not to open, you under, but some people don't, some people don't. And then sometimes it even goes one step further to where your favorite NFT projects, Twitter gets hacked and they, they, they send a link down. You, you connect your wallet to that and now you just lost everything. Um, so definitely, definitely got some scams, but keep your head, keep your wits about you. Find a, find somebody who's experienced in the thing and send it everything and go slow. There's no, there's no surprise pop-up drops. There's nothing like that. Like that's a scam. Um, talk to your people that know more about it before you connect your wallet to some crazy site. Nice. Have you had any uh, thing happen to you where you're like, oh, snap, I wish I wouldn't have done that? Yeah, actually, actually, I touched it on the losses. Yeah. Um, there was one that was, it's super embarrassing to talk about. I've actually never talked to anyone about <laughs> it. But, uh, yeah, basically, uh, basically, the, there was a YouTube video with Vitalik Buterin, which, if you guys don't know, he's the founder of Ethereum. Um, and he was doing a live session. Uh, and basically what somebody did was um, take that live session. Are you letting deals fall through the cracks because you don't have good systems in place? We've been there before and we've tried several different CRMs and Ari Simply has been the best. Ari Simply tracks your KPIs, does automatic follow-ups for you, and even records your incoming phone calls. The system is simple to use and has more features than we even know what to do with. If you're looking for a great CRM, try RE Simply today. We put the link in the description. Check it out now. Put it on a different uh, platform and then put a website right next to it saying, we're doing, we're doing this promotion. Uh, we're trying to get Ethereum going. And um, if basically if you, if you stake this amount of Ethereum, you're gonna get this amount of Ethereum back. And uh, this was early days, so it was five Ethereum, um, oh, wow. which back then was like a thousand dollars, but right now it's like ten grand. It hurts. 10 yeah, to 15. it hurts yeah. thinking about that. Um, but yeah, that's that's probably my most major loss for sure. So you, Maybe. Just, you just sent somebody five Ethereum on accident, just, basically. Just <laughs> sent it to him. There you go, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Merry Christmas. Uh, exactly. That's crazy. So what would you say? I mean, you already went over a couple of common like things that people should watch out for. Is there anything else that you think of like, hey, man, watch out for these common scams? Like what are other common ones you see? Obviously, they get control of the Twitter feed. Is there any other suggestions? 
Oh, there's several suggestions, but the number one thing I like to talk about, which we already talked about before, is like buy the person. Yeah. You've got to buy the person. If your buddy who was um, working at Crazy Pins and then he was working at Chuck E. Cheese and now he's got a crypto coin coming out, like don't invest in that. Yeah. Like you want to invest in some some serious uh investors listen to listen to the people who have made money on traditional systems and are getting into crypto the kevin o'leary's uh mark cubans all of that um and do your own research uh but the biggest thing i can say is buy the person and it's hard that's hard to do when you talk about crypto so there's crypto and then there's nfts um crypto i like to just for just to help people who are not in the industry is crypto to me, like the best representation of that is like buying a stock. Mm -hmm. Um, so you're buying Ethereum, you're buying Amazon. That's what you're doing. But with NFTs, you're buying kind of like an angel investing into a business. Yeah. So, um, with that being said, uh, you gotta, you gotta flow with the market. So like right now we're in a, we're in a bear market. So buy into the fundamentals, the Bitcoins, the Ethereums, the top mm -hmm. tens. Um, if you're buying into NFTs, buy into the person that's still building right now, not taking profits. Or would you, would you even buy stuff that you feel like is uh, going down in value because the market's going down in value? Like some of these board apes, like some of the original gangster type NFTs, mm -hmm. would you like buy those when they hit the bottom? Because you think they're going to come back? I don't think they're going to hit a bottom. I mean, their their bottom right now is 95 ETH. Yeah. yeah. 95 ETH, that's I guess right now it's Oh, I saw a guy. It's cheaper. I say yeah, I saw a guy that bought one for like I think it was 105,000, which is I mean, that's cheap. Well, they just yeah, they just bought a gold ape at uh 849 Ethereum, well, wrapped Ethereum. So that's I don't 850k. Um wow. <laughs> yeah, so um I kind of forgot the the question. What was that? Oh, just just would you go after some of those uh, NFTs that have kind of been proven to be, you know, uh, an artistic staple where you're like, oh, this is where it all started. I'm going to go back and buy V friends now that everything's going lower, going for lower amounts of money. Definitely. Yeah. And I, I check OpenSea every day. So, <laughs> dude, I remember uh, you talked about like all these people come up to you and like, dude, that was what VCon was. That's all it was to me was like, hey, I got this new uh, NFT project. Hey, you want to work with me on this NFT project? It was like a bunch of like just people. Everybody's like got one now. So, yeah, definitely got to watch out. So, dude, name drop the ones that you've bought. Like, who have you bought into? Now, you've already said, did you buy stuff from Mark Cuban and like Kevin O'Leary? Or like, tell me everyone that you bought or like name some people. So the top two I'm interested in right now that I'm heavy in is Gary VV friends because he's going to he's going to just destroy this industry for the next 50 years um, as well as uh, he's called Journey. You can look him up on YouTube. Um, he's big into the gaming space, gaming and metaverse, which I honestly have no interest in. I'm not big into gaming. I'm not big into metaverse, whatever. But I, I've watched him for so long, for years. I've seen the gains that he's made. I've gotten a relative amount of money that he's made, and he's putting all of that towards his project. Um, 
so those are the two that I'm really big into right now, along with I'm always open to other ones, such as uh, Ryan, Ryan Pineda. Pineda. There it is. Yep. There it is. Like, why would you not? Yeah. It's it's twenty. It's the it's the twenty twenty version of um, buying into a business. Yep, that's awesome. And then uh, what? So last thing I guess on NFTs, unless Tony's got any other questions. But what is the uh, wallet that you like to use? Like I know there's MetaMask, which is what Gary uh, suggested. Do you have multiple? Do you have like you know freaking you pull it off the thing or like any other ways to protect yourself any better? Um. Yeah, I do. Uh, I do MetaMask um, for uh, connecting to my OpenSea, but uh, obviously I um, do some cold storage as well. Get that off of the markets in case of a a breach or something into an exchange. Um, Explain to people what that is, because a lot of people will not know. So basically, you're a little bit better now, but uh, back in the days, the 2015s, before me, uh, Bitcoin and kind of ethereum uh were so brand new um and essentially the exchanges that you could buy bitcoin and ethereum on one of them uh it's called mount go that was the biggest uh the biggest breach that caused an actual crash um mount go got breached a bunch of people got lost their bitcoin lost their money obviously um so what you want to do to protect yourself from that is take your crypto, put it, take it off of the exchange or off of a hot wallet, which is MetaMask, Portis wallet, anything you want to use, and put it into a cold storage wallet, which is uh, a ledger. I use Ledger Nano. Um, it's really good. And essentially that takes that takes your crypto offline. It's basically a little USB storage device. And unless somebody has your password on that USB dis storage device, your crypto is safe. So then in order to move your cryptocurrency or exchange it or do anything with your cryptocurrency, you need one of those USBs and you would plug it into your computer and you would basically give it permission to move then. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. And then obviously don't be plugging it into the library's computer or something but <laughs> yeah. yeah dude i remember uh, somebody else i can't remember if it was at vcon or what ammer yeah maybe it was ammer or somebody but they talked about oh yeah it was, no it was, you're right it was ryan pineda's event talking about like how like you should really be on your own wi-fi be secured but like i'm like 100%. oh my gosh dude, this is like a thousand times over my head on that stuff yeah. yeah some people have lost millions of dollars just by having people uh take their crypto from them because they put their usually they give you a 12 digit or a 12, 12 word yep. phrase when you create your metamask wallet it's extremely important that you write that down and keep it somewhere safe like in a safe uh or come up with some creative way to hold on to that password but if you keep it in your phone notes and someone hacks your iCloud and gets that 12 word passphrase they can take absolutely everything from you so, you know, just like Alex is saying, it's just in order to stay safe, you got to take additional precautions because it's completely up to you. The security is completely up to you. I guess for folks, too, that were like extremely anxious about the security of it, uh, you, you could go on Coinbase, buy some Ethereum or buy some 
uh, Bitcoin, at least you have a corporation then that's kind of responsible for maintaining your account. Then you're kind of trusting Coinbase, but they still have some security and like they'll still, you know, guarantee that you get your money back if right. they make mistakes. So, I mean, Voyager is going under, though. I mean, they're declaring Chapter 11, I think, oh, really? bankruptcy. Yeah, I got the email, and I showed it to Dakota, and he's like, wow. nuh I hope I can get my crypto back out. Mm -hmm. They're promising mm -hmm. that, like, you're going to get your money back out. We're not the people who hold it anyways, but we are declaring Chapter 11, and we're still going to make good on our promises, but... Yeah, when, when you're talking about buying and selling the crypto, I like to keep it really... Um, really legit like uh i actually use crypto.com which i mean some people can say it's a little a little sketchy but they just bought lakers stadium they just bought oracle wow. arena like <laughs> yeah, they're, they're everywhere yeah they sponsor ufc yeah oh yeah yep. oh yeah um so i was early adopter there but yeah i mean they that's where it gets exciting because let's say First of all, crypto.com, Coinbase, I don't think they're going to have a Mt. Gox crash. There's, they have way too many protections in place. But if they were, they have insurance to back it now. Mm -hmm. So that's the peace of mind aspect of it. Yep. Dude, it's funny because I feel like uh, this podcast has been more informative than VCon. <laughs> and uh and we've been doing this now for about 47 minutes and vcon was three days straight and it i is. think that you guys all just got more information from this podcast than if you went three days into vcon from, you went. from i mean the guys on this side of the table too talking about my side of the table we're like knuckle draggers when it comes yeah. to like <laughs> nfts like we barely know anything this yeah. is just information i've gathered from youtube and talking to people yeah right. and the guys that's the crazy thing at vcon is the guys who were there knew so much mm -hmm. information but they just didn't say anything that's they, the problem yeah that was the disconnect was um w w for people going to vcon that's that's what it was um that's what it, what it was drove towards is like people who already know all this mm. so and then people who want to meet Gary Vee and stand in a line for seven hours. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that, that was what more people were there for. But I was like, man, like, I didn't learn anything. And so for me, I was, like, uh, very unenthused. I wanted to leave after the first day because I wasn't learning, wasn't growing. And then, like, it's cool to see celebrities, but right, I don't right. really, like, I'm, I don't care that much. Like, can the celebrity teach me something that's going to help my life or better my life? Then that's when I'm interested. Exactly. Exactly. But that, and then that's where it comes in is like just building the relationships and you got to kind of put you, <laughs> all caveats. Yeah. It was, you had to create your own success at VCon for the first one. Um, but yeah, once you build relationships, you start meeting people who have yeah. the similar interests you have you start meeting people in real estate you start yep. meeting people who um didn't meet a skydiver and yeah. <laughs> that was that that's what i got out of it is yeah. uh put yourself out there and build the relationships yep we met some cool people but yeah a lot of them were definitely more interested in nfts way more interested than i was right <laughs> like i was like yeah i got an nft but like i'm not i don't want to sit here and talk about it forever unless like you're teaching me this really like simple stuff that apparently everybody knows anyway. That's the only stuff that I want to know is like what everybody else knows. But right, yeah, yeah. A lot of people I get that. just because of the the type of investment too. I I heard some folks say like oh, I can't really reveal like all of the smart contract stuff that we're gonna do on the back end because it hasn't come out yet. But also because it's like a liability or an investment vehicle and that sort of thing. And so I was like, man, 
really like to learn how to implement some of the strategies and learn things that businesses can do with these like incredible technology. I'd like to know how to use it. Well, and that's that's where you start getting to the intermediate style of crypto and NFTs is um, that's what's amazing about crypto and NFTs is everything is public. So like you, you got your favorite NFT, you can check that contract on Etherscan. It's completely public. And if you know how to read those contracts, you can see what they're doing. You can, and then you can analyze sometimes even like if you're getting into a riskier NFT, you can look at their contract and it's like, is this a, is this a rug pull or is this legit? Um, but yeah, everything's public. It's so if you have the wherewithal and the fortitude to, to, to read all that, then it's all there. Well, let's get into some of our, uh, final questions. Okay. Uh, what's your biggest struggle right now? Biggest struggle. Um, that's a good question. That's a good question. I've been pretty even keel right now. I would say, uh, I would say right now is finding the best way to, 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 to get out of that nine to five. Um, it's so secure, especially in a recession right now to keep it. Yeah. Um, so that would be the biggest one for sure. What do you think you got to do to, to, to figure that out? I got ideas. Nice. I got ideas. I like see, it. We'll see what happens. Build in the build during the recessions. Yep. Is all I'm gonna say. Yep. I like it. So sixty years from now, you have a billboard. It could be a message to the world. It'd be your legacy. Your final thoughts, a sentence, a mantra, a paragraph. What do you think the world needs to hear? Or what is your message? Full send, baby. if you want if 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 you need to find what you like to do you need to find what makes you happy and you need to go for it 100 percent okay like full send if there's a mountain and it's uh it can only fit this much (laughs) and you're going 300 miles an hour you need to find a way to fit through that hole thread that needle i love it like that lion in madagascar or whatever that like jumps through the the hoop they just keep making the hoop smaller and smaller and smaller that's like i can do this that's a parent reference (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome that's funny too i feel like uh Whenever we ask folks that are a little bit more extreme or like even um, Clint the Closer, he just like mama mentality. It's always like two or three words, but then there's like this bigger meaning behind (laughs) it. I feel like the people who are like more likely to have like been through four years of college and what they're kind of like, I don't know. But Alex was just like, full send, baby. Full send. (laughs) Yeah, I love it. I like it, dude. You got any uh, final thoughts that you think our listeners should know? Um, I guess other than the biggest, the biggest thing in the news right now is the impending recession. Are we in the recession right now? Um, don't let that, don't let that scare you into not investing. Don't worry about the, don't worry about the downside. Think about the upside. Um, and I'll leave it at that. I like it. How can people get a hold of you if they want to reach out after the podcast? So I'm on Instagram. Uh, that's where I post the most. Uh, Alex underscore 
W W E S T. Uh, I'm also on Facebook. I don't check that a lot. Um, but yeah, other than that, um, find me, let's go get a drink. <laughs> cool. Thanks for coming on, bro. Yeah. Appreciate, appreciate it. it. Now you guys need to message Gary V and let him know that, uh, we just gave more information than the entire video. <laughs> Elon Musk, hit yeah, him up. Yeah, exactly. Elon, hopefully, will share this one for us. And uh, yeah. Hire Alex. There you go. Exactly. Jump, jump out of his. He's going to send him up to Mars. Alex <laughs> will be the first the dragon. person. I'll be there. All right, guys. Peace out.